Hello, and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency, all things homesteading, and about how we can reduce the gap between our consumption and our production. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 350 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. Today we are continuing our small space growing series where we're going to talk about all the aspects of managing a small space and how you're going to get the most crops out of a small space and everything else to be achieving the most you can from a much smaller area than perhaps would be ideal and as you'll all know it's a position that I'm in now and it's one I'm really enjoying I'm enjoying the challenges and the benefits of growing in a smaller space before we get into the meat of that just a tiny bit of housekeeping today first off to say thank you to two new patrons Gladys Strickland and Jackie Town thank you both so so much for deciding to support the podcast in such a fashion as always you know it really 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 makes me just so incredibly proud of what I'm doing here and really helps to motivate me when I see that people are you know showing that it is worth that to them you know that it has that value to them I really genuinely appreciate it so thank you ever so much to Gladys Strickland and Jackie Town for choosing to support the show in that way it's uh, it's absolutely absolutely amazing to me still that so many of you decide to do that thank you so so much and you of course will be now entered into this Friday's draw where I'm going to be giving away the complete book of egg cookery by Anne Saran and uh, it's 250 easy to prepare recipes for all occasions and it covers everything from cheese sauces and cream sauces to scrambled curried eggs and poached eggs but uh, some more off the wall stuff as well that perhaps you wouldn't have thought about uh, so a recipe called a swiss cheese charlotte which uh, you might not be familiar with i certainly wasn't all different types of meals and ways to prepare eggs use up eggs it's a great resource it includes like egg breads and things like that um, and it's a great resource for when we're experiencing those egg gluts. So I think it's a fantastic addition to anyone's homestead library, particularly if you are, you know, dealing with those gluts in the spring of eggs. It's uh, a useful piece of information to have there on your shelf. So we'll be giving that away this Friday to a lucky patron. And of course, if you'd like to be included in that draw, then consider going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. Right, on with the show then. And like I say, today we're talking about managing managing light, making the most of shady places in your garden. That's the topic. And it's one of the things that we're definitely finding that we're having to manage. And we've got a fairly long, thin garden fairly narrow and we are lucky enough to be south facing with our main garden away from the house but there is still a tremendous amount of it that is in mostly shade now we want to probably define what we mean by shade first of all because even most not all but most of the parts of our garden that are in the shade I'm talking about the afternoon shade they're in the shade from late morning 
to lunchtime, something like that, right through to the end of the day or at least till early evening. Most of my garden is in shade, probably two thirds of it. So we're having to manage that space and we need to think of ways that it can be productive. So that's mostly what we're going to be talking about today. Now, one of the first things I want to say is that you really want to understand before you set out too much in your garden, you're going to want to understand where the shade is, where the sun comes up, where it sets and, you know, which parts of your garden are actually getting sun when they're getting sun and how much sun. And you almost want to make a little map of that in your head so that you can understand where you can plant things that are going to be in full sun, where things are going to be in partial shade etc etc and it sounds really really simple but it's it's not as simple as just taking a snapshot and having a look at what's happening out there at two o'clock in the afternoon you know you really do need to be mindful of what's happening first thing in the morning is that shady spot that you thought was getting no sun is it getting three or four hours in the morning before you wake up is it getting some sun in the late afternoon or evening and understanding all this is going to mean that you're going to be able to make those better decisions going forward now there's lots of different ways you can do this obviously we can just observe our garden but you can also get some apps these days which i have mentioned some of these on previous episodes on our episode around resources free resources online resources for homesteaders the sun seeker app and sun tracker ar app are two apps that are available where i live the sun seeker app is the one that i've always used and i found it to be really really good really really useful you can literally stand in your garden with your phone out and move your phone around and it will show you where the sun comes at what times of the day at what times of the year really really useful and i think understanding where the sun is going to come is really really important to sort of segregating your garden into those areas into those zones of full sun partial sun and no sun so that you can really start planning to maximize the use of the sunlight because the sunlight is one of those resources that you have access to it's a free resource and it's one of the ones that we don't want to waste we want to make the really absolutely maximize the use of that sunlight if we've got a small space now i don't know if those apps work in the southern hemisphere i don't know if those apps work the world round i don't know if they're very geographically sensitive but wherever you live there will be an equivalent if it's not those ones there will be something for you i am sure so find yourself an app and uh, you know sort of map out your garden the next thing to think about is to understand your plants understand their actual requirements because different plants require different amounts of sunlight they don't all need the same thing but there are lots and lots of plants that will grow in a shady space some of them really really happily and some of them you could even argue would have some benefits of growing in a shady space so we're going to talk about a few of them now because like I say this is the next step to really maximizing what you can get out of all of your garden rather than just those main prime areas of real estate where you're going to be growing your you know your main crop you've obviously you've got that main part of your bed where you're going to be putting that where the sun is but there's lots of things that we can grow in other parts so some of the vegetables that will grow shade. now the first thing to bear in mind is that most of these they're not going to want to grow in full shade they're going to want some sun but maybe if you get somewhere that's just in 
sun in the morning and then it's in shade all afternoon these are the vegetables to think about planting there now they're the the easiest vegetables i can think of to plant in shade or a bit of a lack of sunlight but most of them are going to really really benefit by being started off in full sun so it's worth for example if you've got a little propagating house or a polytunnel or greenhouse where you're going to be starting all your seedlings obviously you're going to want that to be in full sun if possible and that's where you're going to want to start off most of your seedlings because the seeds at the, uh, the start of their journey when they send up their first leaves those leaves are going to capture the sunlight to produce the energy to establish the rest of the plants so it's a really good idea to make sure that those leaves are are up and developed in full sun if you can before you plant them out to give them a real a really good chance you know a much better head start and if the, the leaves don't manage to capture enough sunlight when they first get started the plant will get leggy and it just won't be able to establish very well and is likely going to be at a disadvantage when it comes to holding off pests and diseases so it's definitely worth bearing in mind that you know starting off your plants in full sun is going to give them a huge advantage now when we talk about areas of full shade we're talking about areas that don't get a scrap of sun ever and we're really going to be limited there but most areas of our garden will have at least some sunlight and that's partial shade or we'd call that shade but uh, you know so long as there's some sunlight then we're going to think about growing some of our vegetables there there's actually some advantages to some of our vegetables particularly the ones that are prone to bolting these guys can really benefit from being in the shade for a lot of the day so we're going to plant in areas in in i in an ideal world our best place to plant our sort of shady vegetables it would be areas that do get some sun in the morning but are sort of shaded in the hottest parts of the day in the mid-afternoon early to mid-afternoon that way what you're doing is you're shading your plants during the most intense sunshine and providing them with a bit of a break from the hottest of the sun this is particularly useful in warmer zones but you can apply this concept throughout now let's start with lettuce lettuce are a great crop that will grow quite happily in fairly shady parts of your garden and I even plan my garden and plant things like beans runner beans and sweet corn in the past I've grown those strategically to shade out my lettuce in the middle of the summer because it's going to help them not bolt not run to seed and they're going to do really really well with that little bit of shade so definitely think about lettuce as one of your shade loving plants the next one is beetroot beetroot is going to grow really quite happily in some shade again it's going to want a little bit of sun but you're going to be able to grow these in your shadier parts of your garden quite happily the more sunshine they get the faster they grow but also the faster they're going to run to seed so bear that in mind so you know you're going to need a little bit longer to grow a lot of these crops but there's nothing wrong with that if you're utilizing this space that otherwise you wouldn't have been able to utilize so you're going to again with your beetroot you want to um, sow your seeds in full sun to get them started but once they're a couple of inches tall they can go out in a shady area of your garden next up is chard swiss chard now swiss chard is just a grower's dream it grows really really well it's resistant to pretty much everything and it will grow right through the winter so it's great for providing food and also some color it's a beautiful looking plant swiss chard so it like I said, it's one of the easiest vegetables to grow full stop and even in the shade now you're going to want to spray that sow this in the spring but these plants can crop right through for 
12 months of the year. So it's a, a great idea to get these in, in again, a, a hot or a warm or a, a sunny part of your garden just to get them established, just to get the, the seeds germinating in full sun and then transplant them to your shady area. And they're going to do really, really well all year round. Um, some other shade tolerant plants, celery. Celery is another plant that we're going to want to consider for our shady areas. Now, shady areas are often a little bit damper. They don't tend to dry out as much and celery is going to want quite a lot of water. So there's another advantage to growing these plants in shade. It also helps to slow down their growth, which will produce nice tender stems for longer so lots of growers will use collars around celery stems to shade them and keep the, the the stems pale and tender so you're going to save yourself having to collar your celery by having it in a shady spot in your garden carrots are another plant that will happily grow in the shade they're a, a really easy plant to grow. Lots of us are already growing carrots, but they can be prone to bolting. So by growing them in the shade, again, we're going to get that advantage of slowing down that running to seed. There, are, There's lots more, though. There's lots more. We're not we're not finished yet. Salad leaves like pak choy, mizuna, mustard, bok choy, um, all of those tatsoi, all of those salad leaves are some of the easiest vegetables to grow in the shade because just like lettuce, they can be prone to bolting. So careful use of the shade can actually help to prolong your harvesting. Anything you're not growing for its fruit or flowers tends to actually grow better in the shade, not just as well, but even better because like I say, you're able to manage that harvesting season that little bit easier so growing leafy greens in lower light levels it means they're not going to grow as fast of course but if we look after our gardens and think about what we're doing then then that can actually work to our advantage by lengthening the harvesting season there are some other things you know brassicas all brassicas pretty much are going to be slightly shade tolerant so these are plants that we can grow in some shade they're gonna want some sun but using those areas of partial shade is going to be really important to maximizing our yields um, radishes kales things like that all of these plants can grow in your shady areas so when we're planning our garden out perhaps what we should do is think about the the less hospitable areas of our garden first the areas that don't get that much sun and plan what's going to go there first and then turn our mind to the rest of the garden and think about right what are we going to grow in this area because we've already crossed off these things from our list which are quite happy over there now we've only got our prime real estate left. Let's have a look at our list of things we want to plant. Right, okay, now that's where our beans and our sweet corn and our peas are going. Rather than thinking about what you're going to grow in your main main growing area where all your sunlight is and then turning around as we've done this year because we weren't sure when we were going to get access to different parts of our garden so we've already planted all of our brassicas but our brassica cage we've set up in a really bright part of the garden that gets full sun. So next year or this winter, we're actually going to move our brassica cage to the opposite side of the garden where it is going to be in partial shade. So planning your garden now is really going to make a difference. Now, the other thing we can do when we talk about managing the light that comes into our garden is to maximise those little areas that are in the sun, really pick up little pockets of space that get sun that otherwise might be neglected. So 
Maybe we can add a row of window boxes all along the top of a fence line. Perhaps the fence in our garden that borders our neighbours, we can run like window boxes right along the top of there and use that to grow things like tumbling tomatoes or whatever it is that you want to grow in that space. But this is going to be an area that catches the sunlight. We can even think about doing that on the opposite side of the garden. Perhaps the top of our fence on the other side gets sun for a little bit longer than the rest of the shady side of the garden again we can utilize that space climbers are a great way of utilizing sun as well because climbers that that's what they do they're designed to climb up and find the sun so if we've got an area where the ground level is in shade all day long or most of the day but a little bit higher up it does get some sun then that's where we can think about planting some climbers that are going to reach up to harvest that sunlight we can think about using window boxes outside our windows on our higher floors of our houses upstairs. We can think about using flat roofs and putting a few um, a, a few climbers and or even some tumbling tomatoes and things on our flat roof spaces and allow them to to come down. So there's lots of areas that we can then look around and think, right, well, how can we capture the sunlight that is hitting that space we we don't we, we shouldn't think of our garden as all being on the ground we can create garden spaces using pots and hanging baskets wherever we want if we are ingenious enough and resilient enough to to come up with these different solutions Something else you can consider is the use of mirrors, using mirrors to push sunlight into areas of the garden where it might not otherwise get. There's lots of things to consider when using mirrors, however. You know, when you're using a mirror, it's only going to create one shaft of light, a direct beam away from the sun and that sun moves around all day so you might need a barrage of mirrors creating a, a, a particularly dark spot making that a particularly sunny spot you're going to need more than just one minute but it mirror but it is certainly something you can consider if you've got an area that's just receiving a little bit of light and maybe you just want to add a little bit more then using mirrors you can definitely achieve that the final aspect to this and another thing to think about when we've got our areas that don't grow or that don't have any sunlight then we want to think about what we're going to use them for I've just thought of something else actually before we get there there are a few other things that are going to grow really happily some perennials that we haven't discussed so things like currants you know you're never going to get as high a yield obviously but you are going to get a decent yield and your currants aren't going to be quite as sweet but a currant bush will grow quite happily in partial shade so will rhubarb so Rhubarb is definitely one of the crops we're going to be growing in some of our shadier parts of our garden. It's a plant we love. It's an edible perennial. And a couple of rhubarb plants, even if they're not going at maximum capacity because they're not getting as much sun as would I be, be ideal, a couple of rhubarb plants is still going to meet our family's needs. So rhubarb's a great option for those perennial plants that you might consider. So what I was saying, what I was about to say before that popped in my head was, uh, yeah, the areas that get no sun at all absolutely no sun at all what are you going to do there well we should have a little think a little inventory of our garden and think about the things that we're not growing that are taking up space in our garden things like our tool shed perhaps our compost bins or our chicken coops 
you know, these things don't require any photosynthesis. They're not getting their energy directly from the sun. So these are all things that we can definitely place in those areas. And that's something we are 100% going to be doing over the next 12 months is moving our garden around a bit so that all of our structures and things that don't require any sun, like our compost bins, are in those areas where the sun isn't hitting. It would be a, a foolish idea and a, a complete waste of that amazing resource that is sunlight to go putting our tool shed in a sunny part of the garden that wouldn't make any sense so we can extrapolate that to include other things though like i said like the compost bins chicken coops anything else you can think of where you're going to be storing tools or perhaps even your sink where you're going to be washing your vegetables whatever it might be those things if you can place them somewhere that gets no sunlight at all or the least sunlight in your garden then you're not taking up that valuable real estate elsewhere so that's i think all i've got to say today on this episode and uh, we'll be back next monday with the next part of our small space growing series and i think we're going to be talking next week about just increasing your growing space how we can do that different ways we can think about it using pots using climbers trying to th think creatively about actually increasing the square meters that we have to grow in that's going to be next week's topic subject to change obviously by the whims and vagaries of what comes and goes from my tiny little brain so that's that and uh, just a quick reminder again we will be giving away that complete book of egg cookery on friday and if you'd like to be included in that draw please do consider becoming a patron of the show and i think that's going to wrap us up oh well We'll just mention i've got lots of outstanding emails i am getting to you as fast as i possibly can guys i'm sort of catching up now i'm well over the home move and uh yeah i'm i'm definitely catching up slowly so please bear with me thanks for listening everyone i will speak to you on wednesday cheers this episode of the self-sufficient hub podcast was brought to you by our patrons you guys are awesome if you'd like to support the show, there's lots of ways you can do it. The easiest of which is just to like and review it wherever you get our podcasts. You can also tell somebody about it, whether that's on social media or just face to face with a friend who you think might benefit from it. But however you support our podcast, we really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a patron, please consider doing so by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, it's listeners like you that make all of this possible. Thank you ever so much for listening, and I'll speak to you really soon.